J.J. Virgin's account of facing the unthinkable is an invaluable manual in how we can tap into our hidden strength and inner wisdom. Ariana Huffington, founder and CEO of Thrive Global and The Huffington Post. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. I met JJ Virgin for the first time in 2014 when I attended one of her events crafted to support progressive holistic healthpreneurs in sharing their message of hope and natural healing with the world. Her light shines so brightly. When you are in her presence, you can feel her internal strength, inquisitive intelligence, warmth, kindness, and stability. And boy, is she ever tall. Usually I'm the tallest woman in the room, but not anymore. Since then, I have become a happily integrated member of her group and made many wonderful connections. Recently, when I sat down to read her book, Miracle Mindset, I was blown away and began to understand why this beautiful woman has such internal strength and sense of purpose. I had no idea what she and her family had been through and survived. No thrived through. Such adversity would have broken many people and sent them into a permanent resentful state, but not JJ and her family. Led by the lessons she outlines in Miracle Mindset, she triumphed over this adversity and led her family to a place where they consider this event as one of their greatest gifts. Today, more than ever, we need to hear her message and learn how to navigate adversity to alchemize it into a great gift. These lessons are really timeless and they can be systematically applied to our current global life situation or to any personal difficulty you might be encountering to transform it into one of the greatest events of your life. So listen in and she'll tell you just how to do that. Here's a quote from author Elizabeth Gilbert, whom I also love, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, that she offers in the book. The women whom I love and admire for their strength and grace did not get that way because things worked out. They got that way because things went wrong and they handled it. They handled it in a thousand different ways on a thousand different days, but they handled it. These women are my superheroes. I love that quote. JJ has so much strength and grace to share, and I was personally nourished and blessed by interacting with her during the interview. And the world is a better place because she has chosen to selflessly share herself with all of us. I'm so grateful that you've chosen to join me for this meaningful episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. I'll tell you a little bit more about JJ, and then we'll get started. Triple board certified nutrition expert and fitness hall of famer, JJ Virgin is a passionate advocate of eating and exercising smarter. JJ and her team help people stay fired up and healthy as they age so they feel the best they ever have at age 40 plus. 
JJ is a prominent TV and media personality whose previous features include co-host of the Learning Channel's Freaky Eaters, two years as the nutritionist for weight loss challenges on Dr. Phil, and numerous appearances on PBS, Dr. Oz, Rachel Ray, Access Hollywood, and The Today Show. She also speaks regularly and has shared the stage with notables including Seth Godin, Lisa Nichols, Gary Vaynerchuk, Mark Hyman, Dan Buettner, and Mary Morrissey. JJ is the author of four New York Times bestsellers, The Virgin Diet, The Virgin Diet Cookbook, JJ Virgin's Sugar Impact Diet, and JJ Virgin's Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook. Her latest book, Warrior Mom, Seven Secrets to Bold, Brave Resilience, shows people everywhere how to be the strong, positive leaders for their families while exploring the inspirational lessons JJ learned as she fought for her own son's life. JJ hosts the popular Reignite Wellness podcast with over 5.5 million downloads and counting. She also regularly writes for Rodale Wellness, Mind Body Green, and other major blogs and magazines. Welcome, JJ Virgin. Thank you. It's good to be with you again. Last time we were together was like kind of a fun, crazy day. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun at the live stream, right? Yes. Yes, that was wonderful. You know, when I asked you to be on the show, I had just read The Miracle Mindset and I cried so many times through it and I had no idea what you had been through and how strong you are. And I had invited you a few months ago before the pandemic started to be on the show and talk about mindset because I think it's so vital. It really is the key to put into action the steps we need to take for brilliant health. And then the pandemic came and I said, well, this is perfect timing. I know there's a lot you could teach people about losing weight and getting healthy, but I think this is the best topic to talk about today. So can you tell everyone what inspired you to share the story that you share in Miracle Mindset? Yes. And I'm going to keep whipping it back to where we are today because that was my thought when all this started to hit. I'm like, oh my gosh, that book is more relevant right now than ever. And so Seven years ago, my son was 16. He was crossing the street and a car hit him. No one saw it. The estimate was the car was going like 40 miles an hour. All a neighbor saw was a woman get out of the car, gas, get back in the car and drive off and literally leave my son for dead in the street. And when he was airlifted to the local hospital, first of all, he was a John Doe. I mean, we just Mm. were fortunate to stumble upon the accident scene. So we were aware because we knew he'd gone out walking and the policeman described what the body had looked like. And we knew it was my son Grant. So we raced to the hospital. But when we got there, the doctor there told us that his injuries were severe and sometime in the next 24 hours he was going to pass away and that, you know, he would never survive the airlift to the hospital in LA where he needed to go to do the the specialized surgery he needed to repair his aorta without blood thinners because he had severe brain injuries from it. And he said, even if he were to survive that airlift, he wouldn't survive the surgery. And even if he were to survive that, he'd be so brain damaged, it wouldn't be worth it. And I remember sitting there like, and as you can imagine, I think your mind just takes over and creates a movie out of it because you can't handle 
like, I was like, you know, I was in so much of a state of shock that this couldn't possibly be happening. But um, when he said that, my other son, who was 15, said, so maybe he has a 0.25% chance that he'd make it. And the doctor said, yes. And my son said, well, we'll take those odds, <laughs> you know, and uh, we just all got into action and overruled the doctor, got him to the next hospital. And when I was standing in the hospital that first night, and this was like the end of the 24, it, it had happened one evening, it's now the next evening, he's survived the surgery, he survived the airlift, survived the surgery, but he's in a deep coma. And I realized that in order to get him to where he needed to be, which I made a decision, I was like, I was gonna do everything in my power to help him get to 110%, not just like, let's get through this, like, let's be better because of this. And I realized that the only way that this was going to happen was going to be up to me and that in order to be able to show up at that level in an ICU, first of all, you can't walk into an ICU sick. You cannot have the sniffles or anything else. He had, you know, he had tubes coming out of his brain. So I would go in there, I'd have to scrub up, I'd have gloves, I'd have a mask, I'd have gown. And I thought the only way I'm going to be able to come in here, be able to have my faculties, my wits about me, stay positive is I had to prioritize my self-care. And, you know, I couldn't get sick. I had to stay positive. I had to, I would not let even the slightest thought that he wasn't going to make it enter my brain. Because I was so afraid that like, you know, I believe thoughts create. And then if I let one of those in, it was going to happen. So, and I had to know from my own hope that I just, I was doing everything possible. And it just, you know, you look at what's going on today and I see it the same way. It's like, we have to do everything possible in our ability to be as strong as possible, to have our immune system as strong as possible, to have our own protective suit of armor in. And a lot of that, I think it all starts first with that mindset. Absolutely. And your story is, although not exactly the same as what's going on now, that the mental toughness that you had to have and develop in those hours, days, months, as your son went through this, I think we all have so much to learn from that. I love how you said you had to prioritize your self-care. And really, we have to do that in the face of adversity with, with what's going on now. And so how did you develop this miracle mindset as you went throughout his course? Because it was very long and arduous. And how did you do that? I'm actually very glad that I did not know at the time you know, that it was going to be a seven year journey. You know, at the time you, you're just going through every single day and you're literally taking it day by day, hour by hour. Here's the thing. Like when you really look at life, life is just a series of lessons. It's research and development. It's helping you every time you go through a tough situation, you get stronger. And it helps you show up stronger in the next time. So this had not been my first rodeo. I had never been in, in a situation this this challenging, but I had been in a situation where, you know, my dad was dying of cancer while I found out my ex hadn't paid our taxes and was suing me for a bunch of money. And then my son got diagnosed with bipolar, like all these things at once. And I'm like, you know, so I'd been in tough situations before. So I had the grit to fall back on with that. But more than that, at the age of 30, I had a, a mental and it was really interesting because, I, you know, I wish this woman, I, I just 
pray that she knows how much I appreciate her because she really saved my son's life and she really changed the entire trajectory of my life. And so amazing when you can point to one thing and go, wow, that, you know, that was the road less taken that changed everything for me. So I had a client when I was 30 and and I remember I was in grad school. I think I was in doctoral school at the time. She's like, well, you know, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I'm like, oh, I was in grad school. And I go, I'm going to go go get a PhD. And she's like, huh, why are you going to do Well, I want to be more successful and help more people. Oh, and what was interesting, and I knew this about her, but I hadn't connected the dots, was she had a high school education, grew up in a trailer park and was a multimillionaire, huge personal development woman who had helped thousands of people. You know, she said, hey, I can help you. Like you don't actually, school does not necessarily equal more success. And I can teach you how to be more successful. And I'm like, right on. And I literally (laughs) put everything on hold and moved into her house (laughs) and became her like protege. It was like the Mr. Miyake, right? Karate kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought, here we go. I move into her house. She has me put a rubber band on my wrist and she said, now, whenever you have a, a negative thought, judgment, a limiting belief, you snap your, you snap the rubber around your wrist. And I'm thinking to myself, Karen, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just like dumped everything. <laughs> and this crazy lady is having me walk around with a rubber band. I'm like, what have I done? Oh my gosh. But you know, like I tend to go all in. I can be a little impulsive, but I also play full out. So I, I did everything she said. And it's interesting because she changed the whole way I approach life. She taught me to to manage my environment. She had me listening. Back then I had tapes and a Walkman and I was listening to Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins and Ogmandino and Napoleon Hill. I read Think and Grow Rich and I just surrounded myself. She said, you know, don't watch the news and don't read negative books and don't be around negative people. And just she, she taught me how thoughts create and it changed everything for me. And so when I was in the hospital with grants and standing there, I was like, all right, you know, I went straight back into what do we need to do here? I created a completely positive environment. I didn't let people talk about like, they'd come and go, well, we don't know if he's ever going to walk again. And I'm being like, get out of the room. And I go, (laughs) and if you don't believe that he can, then you're the wrong doctor's. So I just really managed the environment and I managed my headspace completely because I had to stay in complete belief that my son was going to be better after this accident than before, which he is now, but it was a long road. (laughs) And there were some times along the way I was like going, oh, you know, and that's so critical for us to be able to, it's something really cool because when you think about it right now, the world feels very, very out of control like so out of control. So you got to look at what can you control? Well, you can control. And my husband actually had to give me a talking to about this because I never look at the news. And all of a sudden I was like obsessively looking at COVID-19 stats and how many deaths and what's, you know, and all this horrible stuff. And I was doing it like I get up in the morning and look at it and go like before bed. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, no coronavirus in the bedroom, honey. No, you know, because I get up in the morning and what Kay Smith taught me to do was journal, write down three things you're grateful for, read a positive book, frame your day with positivity. And so, you know, we've got to remember that now it's, it's really our armor. And we know that a positive mindset 
is really critical for a healthy immune system. So, you know, you're so much within your control right now. And that's what we've got to keep remembering here as we're in a, what seems like a uncontrollable situation. Yeah. I heard someone say that fear is the real pandemic. And I think it's so true. It's the thoughts that we're having about what's happening. And then we're triggering our cortisol stress hormone, and then we're hurting our immune system function with that. And, uh, really snagging that reptilian brain into fight flight and getting control of your mindset. So I love what you shared is that you really had gone through training in how to erase negative thoughts from your mind. So you snapped your wrist with a rubber band every time they mm -hmm. came and And with Grant, you didn't allow any negativity in his room. Those aren't the right doctors. You know, you have to keep that outside. And I too believe that thoughts create reality. Everything's created twice, right? It's always... Right, everything is. And But we have to really watch this. I mean, I, you know, when this whole coronavirus hit, Within a matter of days, I had shortness of breath. I gained five pounds. I, my diet didn't change at all. I was doing exactly all the same stuff. And I was just like, I know what this is. It was like a complete adrenaline stress reaction, like cortisol shooting up. And I went, come on, you know how to deal with this. You can do this, you know? And so I think we have to remind ourselves, it's like, okay, we're human. We're going to get scared there's going to be bad things that happen here and you're going to feel those emotions. But then what is your toolkit that you have when these things start to hit to become aware of it? Mary Morrissey says, notice what you're noticing, mm -hmm. right? And then address it, you know, not to say, oh, I'm going to just stay positive. It's sunshine and butterflies. Well, not always, you know, <laughs> but we've got the tools down to be able to, to get through it. Right. And so I love how you talked about prioritizing your self-care. That applies now, people, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, now more than ever. Hey, this might be the first First time, Kieran, that people actually are focused on prevention, <laughs> right? Yes. Laser focused on prevention and resilience and how do I get my immune system beefed up? And so, you know, that's why I'm creating a download for people on what do you do? How do you fix your immune system? Yeah, so critical. Hey, have you been feeling anxious about the current climate and new risks to your health? And wondering if your overall level of health is good enough to support you if you were to get sick? You are not alone. Now more than ever, your health has got to be brilliant, support you, and shine. It's time to stop procrastinating on getting the evaluation, knowledge, tools, and support that you know you need to address the roots of what's going wrong with your health, keeping you tired, overweight, lacking in stamina, and on prescription medications. That is just not good enough anymore. New threats mean you've got to develop a better defense, and I'm here to help. I personally invite you to schedule a complimentary phone consultation with me wherever you live to discuss your personal health concerns and how a comprehensive holistic root cause approach can help you not only alleviate the current symptoms you're having, but also boost your level of health resilience. It's all about resilience now. You can sign up on my website, kierandunstonmd.com, where there's additional information about supercharging your wellness during this important time in our history. 
I love how you talk about framing the day with positivity. So starting your routine in the morning with gratitude and kind of mapping out how you want it to happen. So what are some other tools that you used or developed as you went through the journey with Grant? Yeah. And thankfully, a lot of these things were things that I already had, which was super helpful because, you know, that you don't blow up the life raft when you're drowning, right? So that's, it's really important just to put these in. They make your whole life better anyway. So good time to have to start using these right now is the morning gratitude. And the one that I did that was a big breakthrough for me that really changed my life in so many ways. And I hear so many people say, oh, I don't like to ask for help. Mm. I don't know how many people, especially, especially people who tend to be more healers, like they are much more comfortable giving and helping than asking for help. But when your son's life's on the line, you know, a lot of things shift fast. I'm like, you know, I sent out an email to my entire list. I posted on Facebook and I said, Hey, I don't want your sympathy, but I do need your support and anything, you know, that could help here, you know, and people came in droves and people drove to pray for him who I didn't know. They drove hours. I mean, what people would do some, a one woman would come to the hospital every week and just bring me healthy food. And I didn't know her and she would just drop it off. You know, it was just amazing to me. It just, it made me want to be a better person. I'm like, gosh, would I do this? Because I want to be the person that would do this. You know, I want to be that kind, generous, empathetic person who does that. And I think you, you are really, you are that person. I, you know, remember the story in the book where you flew the family in to see their daughter. They were wearing Guam. Oh, they were in Guam. (laughs) But here's what's interesting about that. And I'll share that story. And then what just happened is, you know, Grant, when he got out of the hospital, was really difficult. He was now in his, you know, senior year of high school, but he didn't fit in anywhere. He had severe brain injury and just was really rough. And he was depressed and it was just awful. So we took him back to the hospital at Christmas time and had him bring gifts to some of the kids and talk to them and give them hope. And there was this girl there who was 16. Her brother died of leukemia. She was from Guam. Her parents were staying at their Ronald McDonald house and she was dying. And her whole wish was to see her three sisters. And there was no way she was going back to Guam. I mean, at the time they were still hoping she was going to pull through and go home. But, you know, the parents were there, she was there and their three daughters couldn't come. And I looked at the mom and I go, Hey, I've got airplane miles. I will fly them in. And I didn't, I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous. I didn't really know where Guam was, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can do that. It's, you know, and I like a new U S territory where how, how far could this be? Well, it turns out American airlines doesn't fly to Guam. There were no miles I could use and it was really expensive. And that probably made it even more valuable to me because it was difficult for me to do. And I'd made that commitment. Mom was like, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 we are doing this. And I remember getting the pictures of seeing the three girls and reunited with their sister. It's like one of the great, you know, it's like those things that that you do. And I think it costs like $5,000. It was expensive. But I look at that now and I think of how much joy that brings me when I think of it. And it was the last time that she passed away. I mean, she didn't, that was like 
thank God she got to see her sisters and her sisters got to see her, right? Mm -hmm. And anything else I would have spent that $5,000 on, I wouldn't have remembered, right? I mean, it was such an opportunity to make a dent in the universe. And then uh, I was doing a Facebook Live and there's a woman in my community who said, oh, are you going to keep these shakes on special because I'm waiting for a check to come and I can't buy them yet? And I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. You know? And so I was like, told the team, I go, find out, find out, get her address, send her shakes and send her $500 and, you know, take care of her. And I just think there's an opportunity now for all of us. And it, it could be, you send them something. It could be like right now in our community in Mindshare, Dr. Dr. Carol Laurie, who lives near my mom, who my mom has been a nightmare during this because she's 90 with high blood pressure. It's like, oh, honey, I'm just going to go down to the store. They've got senior hours. I'm like, mom, stay home, you know, stay home, stay home. She's in a hot area in Northern California. I'm like, stay in the house. And Carol Laurie just has been going there twice a week, just showing up taking care of my mom. That's awesome. I've made a point of reaching out to people I know are alone right now by themselves, looking out for them. And I think we all have such an opportunity right here, right now, right? Like to serve. Yes, absolutely. It is time to serve. And I've started doing Facebook lives and answering questions and created this download. And I'm going to do a health resilience quiz and just trying to think what is it that people need right now? And I think everybody's reaching out to us healthcare professionals and saying, I got caught with my pants down, like I'm overweight, I'm not healthy, I know my immune system's not up to par, tell me what I need to do. <laughs> I know you talk about for going through forgiveness after the event with your son, uh, that was very powerful. Do you think that it applies to what's going on now? You know, I think forgiveness always applies. Like all these things, it's interesting because if you're carrying anger and in, in about something in your body, that is going to weaken your immune system. And what's so interesting about forgiveness, so, you know, my son was hit by a car and it was a hit and run and the woman left the scene. And oh my gosh, the amount of anger in our community over this woman and, and people saying, you need to go look for that woman and we're going to put a reward out. To, and I go, I'm like focusing all my energy on my son. Finding that woman is not going to change a thing. And no one knows what went on there. So yes, she shouldn't have left the scene. But I don't know, what if my son walked in front of the car? We don't know what happened. We're so quick to blame. We have no idea. So I just, I didn't think at the time, I thought I'd forgiven her because I was like, oh, so I'm not holding a grudge here. Except that I remember when they thought they'd found her, like every little mama bear instinct was like, go get woman, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh and I went, I need to work on this. And you can kind of tell if you need to, to forgive someone if you have a charge around it, if you like, you know, and sometimes when something first happens, the sooner you can do it, the better it is for you emotionally, for your mental health. But sometimes it's just not possible at first. I've had some where someone did something to me and I had to like, you know, grudge it out for a bit before I can and try to forgive them. And it took me a bit, but the sooner you can, the better it is for you. It's got nothing to do about them. And that's where people get confused. They think, oh, you know, it's, but I don't want to forgive them. I go, it's not about forgiving them for them. It's forgiving them for you. And quite often, like right now, I'm like a little frustrated with something, someone I had in my business I shouldn't have. And like, ultimately, I'm mad at me. It's like, that's who I need to forgive. And quite often as we go through this, a lot of what we end up with is needing to forgive ourselves. But it's the most freeing thing you can do. 
And so it may be right now, if you're carrying around some anger or resentment, I know that uh, I heard China kind of started letting everyone out of their houses again. There were a lot of people going to the courthouse to get divorced. <laughs> you know, <Okay. laughs> it's like, you know, you might be finding some resentments you didn't know were there because now all of a sudden you're a little too close for comfort with some people. You know, think about what you could do there to, to practice forgiveness. It may change everything. And I think it's great. I always talk about detoxing the body, but you've got to detox your mind and emotions too. And that means divesting yourself of toxic thoughts and feelings and so things like resentments. And I love how you describe the exercise kind of that you did around the woman who hit Grant. And can you share that? Because I think it's really powerful. So actually, the whole way that I learned how to do forgiveness, I learned from Dave Asprey. And people know Dave from Bulletproof Coffee, but he also does this thing called Upgraded Labs. And Upgraded Labs, he has a piece of technology in there called 40 Years of Zen. And so I went and did that. Dave was like, you have to come do this. And I didn't really know anything about it. I just trusted him. Well, it turns out what you do is you put electrodes on your head and then you go through these exercises. Literally, you're in there for hours and end to help you raise your alpha brainwaves. Well, the thing that raised your alpha brainwaves, you've got more joy, creativity, positivity is forgiveness. And so what you do is you're in there and based on the tones that you're making the computer play based on your brainwaves, you can tell if you're walking, getting closer to forgiving someone, you actually have forgiven someone, or if you're kind of stuck. And it's basically you can't cheat, which is fantastic. And you can tell if you're being successful. And so it's a process where you go through and you first pick the site of your courthouse, pick your what it looks like, pick your judge and jury, and then you charge the person with the crime. And you fully charge them with the crime. I mean, you let it all out. And as you're doing this, the tones are going crazy on the machine and you just keep doing it until the tones kind of die down. And it's like kind of you just got everything out on the table as to what this person did. Then, and this is the lesson that to me is the most critical thing that you can do and really important in life is you then turn it around and you become that person which means you have to practice extreme empathy as to what was really going on there. Because I kept thinking with this woman, like, you know, what if my son ran into the car? What if she had had a little child at home and maybe an abusive husband or some situation where it wasn't safe to have the child there and she was afraid she would go to jail and the baby would get taken away. You know, I had this whole whole thing, you know, that just felt so real. And, and how can you turn those tables and really understand them? And then after that, you go through and you forgive them. And then the judge has to agree that you really did forgive them. And if, if it's and the tones will tell you if you did it or not. And so if you didn't, then you kind of let it rest and try it again. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it may take a while. Like I had someone in there that I had to forgive that it took me a couple of days <laughs> to finally get through. But ultimately I was realizing with so many of these things, like, you know, forgiving that woman who hit Grant got down to being upset with Grant because Grant stormed off that night mad at me to being mad at me because why didn't I just like let him go to his martial arts class mm. that he wanted to go to? You know, it's like you just kind of can go back and back and back. Just like when you're trying to, you know, determine your why of, of why you want to 
you something or do something you keep peeling back the onion of like well why do I want to do this and why do you know it's the sim- similar thing here with this of really going deep and it's amazingly emotionally freeing. It gives you so much peace. I love that. That's the first tool I've heard that actually has some type of quantification for forgiveness. So I'm definitely going to look into it and I'll put a link in the show notes for anyone who wants to find out more about it. And I know the way you described the, that exercise in the book, you guys listening, you can follow JJ's instruction. And while you're home with nothing else to do, you can start doing this forgiveness work because that's how you're detoxing your energetic body, your mind and your emotions, and that will help to improve your immune system. And what would you say to people who are going through the current pandemic right now who feel like they've really lost hope and they're thinking, I don't have what it takes to get through this. I've talked to so many people. I talked to a friend yesterday who lives in Manhattan and she can't even go outside. Luckily, she has a balcony, which is kind of a gift in Manhattan that she can sit on, but she says, I feel like an alien. I She's very extroverted. She's used to being around people. She says, I don't think I can get through this. She's worried about her family and loved ones. What do you say to them, someone who's facing this, or maybe they have a loved one who's in the hospital. I have another friend whose niece passed away from the virus mm. and it's 25 years old, perfectly healthy. And it's, everybody's really grappling with how do we handle this? And it's kind of everyone at the same time. What do you tell them? What do you say to them? You know, it's interesting. When I went through this whole thing with Grant, the biggest thing people said to me is, oh, I could never that. Mm-hmm. My take on that is you absolutely can. You're so much stronger than you think. And I believe we're never better than when we're challenged. It's, you know, when you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. What's in you? What is getting squeezed? This is your time really to step up and show up. And so you've got to develop that mental toughness to get through it. But it like we have to flip it from victim side to opportunity side to as horrible as, as losing someone, because we all are going to lose people close to us. I mean, that's when I was looking at this whole thing. I go, this is a horrible, horrible situation. Mm -hmm. And how can we be part of the cure, the solution here? What can we do to support other people as this horrible stuff is going going on. That's where, where I think we really need to spend our focus. And I think we have to be so super careful about where we are putting our attention, you know, because what you focus on expands. And again, it's so easy to just sit and look at the news all day long and you're going to be just dropped into despair when we really need to be paying attention to some feel good things right now and looking at how we can serve. What can you do to help? Right. Right. And like Mr. Rogers says, you always look for the helpers. They're always the helper helpers in any disaster and focus on that. I really had to rein in my emotional hygiene and, and mental hygiene and not watch news and not make sure I'm getting my information from unemotional objective sources because you can get hooked into that and it does become hypnotic Mm -hmm. and then you can go down that negative tube and and I kind of I really would encourage us all to take the mindset that you had when I think you said Bryce said that that the doctor said there's a 2.5 percent chance and he said we'll take that and so you know 
90% of us are going to get through this with maybe some of us from with some help through with the medical community. But, you know, let's see how we can make ourselves the best 90% and help help the other 10% who's going to need us. Exactly. And I mean, again, I as challenging as is and, and you know, let yourself feel the emotions but then it's kind of have the moonstruck moment of, of the slap in the face and the snap out of it and grab a positivity lifeline because like your friends and family need you. I've just, if I start to get in any kind of that anxiety, it's then I go reach out and check on someone else. Yeah, I love that. So reach out to somebody else. And so I know that you would not have wanted to have the event happen with your son that happened. But what has it meant to you in your life? And it was interesting, Bryce, my younger son, who's now 22, Bryce and Grant and my ex-husband and I were sitting around the table and we all agreed that we are so much better because of this. I might have a little gray hair, a lot of gray hair, but other than that, you know, we are we are so much better because of this. We are able to handle things most people, again, would think, oh, I can't handle this. It's like, well, you actually can. You'd be amazed what you can handle when you start to really de- develop that miracle mindset. But we're closer. You know, I moved to Tampa, Florida with my new husband. My ex-husband moved here with my older son, my other sons here with us during the coronavirus, you know, quarantine with, with us. And And Tim's daughter is here too. And we're just having, you know, it's just fantastic how we all get along because we don't get caught in the petty crap because we've, you know what I mean? When you've gone through something like nearly losing a child, you, you know, that whole don't sweat the small stuff, you realize that almost everything is small stuff. Like I'm looking at what people are getting concerned about right now. And I'm like, don't you see the lessons here of like what's really important right now? <laughs> you know, it's not what you're focusing on. That is not important. So that's the other big gift with all this. You realize so many of the things that you got so whacked about, just they don't even register on my screen anymore. The things that used to get me rattled or upset, I look at it now and I go, you know, anyone dying here? That's my litmus test. And that's why this now, you know, it's like we really have to do everything we can to not get into that statistic. And there's a lot of stuff you know, a lot of stuff in our control. Yes, so much in our control. And so JJ and I were just talking about before we started recording that what she's working on to help people through this, and I'm working on tools. So look to your online healthcare people because they are creating programs and tools for you to boost your resilience and boost your immune system function so that you're less likely to get it, you're less likely to be severely ill or need hospital attention. So definitely do that. So JJ, how can people find out more about you, your books, the programs you offer? And I know you've got some tools to help them with their mindset through this crisis. So please tell them about that. I do. So easiest place to find me is at jjvirgin.com. I also created for your audience, I have a five-day challenge. You know, so many of the things that help our immune system are also help our mindset, which is great and vice versa. And so my jam challenge, which is stands for gratitude, appreciation, and little miracles is uh, what I'm putting out there. And it literally will take you five minutes a day. And 
frames your day so that even if things show up and rattle you, you've got an antidote to that in that program. Fabulous. Thank you so much. We will have the link in the show notes where you can go download that. Thank you so much for that, JJ. And last but not least, just thank you so much. Please give everyone an update on how Grant is doing. So Grant is better than before the accident, which is just incredible. It has been a long, long road out of that though. Um, I'm almost glad I didn't know. Like they told me when he was in a coma that when he woke up, it would be ugly. And I thought they meant like when he woke up, he'd scream. You know, I didn't know that it would take him months to even like be able to say anything. He'd have to relearn everything. I mean, he had to learn who he was. He had to like basically you know, how to read, how to brush his teeth, how to put on clothes, how to eat, everything. It took a couple years to kind of get to a place of reasonable normalcy. But now he is better than before the accident. He is super empathetic and kind and very aware. He had a near-death experience. He's got some incredible insights. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's amazing. But I never let myself see anything but him being 110%. I just wasn't going to let myself go there because honestly, anything less than that was just too scary. Yes, I totally, I can imagine that. And I'm so grateful that he made it through, that he's doing well. And I think that it's really a testament to your passion and purpose through his challenge and your guidance that that really helped in, in removing the negativity and all of the things that you did to have that miracle mindset. So, so grateful. And my, I, my ex-husband, his dad ex-husband, has been yeah. a... Oh my gosh, like incredible, incredible. So, you know, and that's the other thing. It's like you learn how to put a a bunch of differences aside and work together when these things happen. Yes. Well, it's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. I always ask all my guests, because the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Revolution, what that means to them. I think right now, what we're going to see is the big revolution is the shift to prevention. And that is a massive silver lining for what's going on right now, because that could change everything for global health. I love it. That is beautiful. It is the silver lining to this cloud. You don't have to be a victim. You do have a control over lots of things, like JJ said. So control what you can control. Get credible information. Set your mindset right in the morning. Get rid of negative thoughts. Maybe go ahead and put a rubber band on your wrist. And when you have a negative thought, particularly about the virus, snap it. Look at the things that she shared today, the beautiful tools. I recommend that you check out her book. It is a beautiful beautiful story, the miracle mindset. And how are you going to put these to work for you in your life today? Don't just say, oh, that was interesting interview. How are you going to take this information and use it to improve your life and your mindset right here, right now? Thank you so much for being with us, JJ. I really appreciate you sharing yourself and your story. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, 
post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.